Hi, this is Yuri Nair. Welcome to the Awkward Mind Podcast. If you're here, you must be interested in developing your mind and improving your life through self-education. Unfortunately, developing your mind can be a real struggle when you're constantly being bombarded with negative digital noise from those pesky devices all around us. To tell you the truth, I felt frustrated myself until I discovered three simple steps to declutter my mind from that digital noise. And now I wanted to share those steps with you in the hope that it'll give you the tools to tune out the noise so that you can better focus on the things that will nurture and improve your mind. For that, I put together a free video series that walks you through the simple process of decluttering your mind from the digital noise. Are you ready to get rid of the negative clutter for good and tune into your real mind? Then head to awkwardmind.com to grab your free video series now and start your journey to a better mind today. And now, let's get on to the show. Hi, this is the Awkward Mind Podcast. I'm Yuri Nair. My guest today is Samantha Jane James. She retired early from a very successful career in financial service industry where she even owned her own branch. Samantha Jane is a natural-born psychic medium and now works full-time on her Patreon channel where her focus is on helping people using her business knowledge in combination with their natural-born abilities. Most of the individuals who spend time on Samantha Jane's channel, which includes a chat room that she herself is in daily, also share her passion for cryptocurrencies. To talk about finance, crypto, her gift as a psychic medium, the future, and more, please welcome Samantha Jane James. Samantha Jane, welcome to the Awkward Mind Podcast. Well, thanks so much for inviting me, Yuri. And let me just say that I really appreciated your support and input during the uh, Broadcast Yourself podcast course that we were taking together. You, I, I feel very fortunate that you were chosen as a team member. So thanks again for um, asking me to come on as a guest. And I appreciate... Uh, your abilities as a podcaster. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with you today. Oh, well, thank you for the kind words, Samantha. Jane. I really appreciate it. It's great to have you. And I'm excited for the listeners because, you know, all of our audience are really open-minded and they like to be exposed to new ideas. So that's why I'm excited to to jump in and, and unpack some of this stuff because I think there's, there's a lot that I'm going to learn, but I think there's also a lot that the audience is going to learn as well. So I'm excited for them. So I guess let's start with a little bit of your finance career because you just absolutely crushed it, right? Because you, you were a millionaire on your own terms by the time you were 30. And then, so how did you, how did you get into, into finance? What brought that about? Well, I actually um, am a generation Xer so that when I graduated from high school and did not have the money to go to university, um, I was you know, forced into the job market with just a diploma from grade 12. And I really could only um, get whatever job, you know, I remember putting so many resumes out and the only place that called me was the place that um, you sell books door to door encyclopedias. And that was actually the first time I started using my gift for my job because what I would do is I would walk through the neighborhood and I would know which houses I would be able to make sales because the people wanted what I had. Because I never tried to sell anything to somebody that they didn't want. So 
looking back now, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was actually walking through the neighborhood and I was skipping houses. Like I would skip like randomly eight houses and stop at one and then I would make a sale. So some people in an entire week would make maybe two or three sales. Sometimes I could make two or three in a night. So after that, when I was um, selling books door to door, I was telling people the story about my older sister who went to school on an education fund. And I had told my parents when I was 12 that I wanted to go to university as well so that they should save for me too and do the same thing. And they didn't. And when they divorced, my education money was gone and my dad made too much money supposedly because when my parents were divorcing, um, he was giving away half of his money. Like he was supporting two households. So there was no way that my dad could afford the tuition and my money was gone that they had saved. So um, I was telling people that story. And one day I ended up selling a set of books to a lady who was a manager for that company. So I ended up being the youngest person ever licensed to sell those plans. I was only 18 years old. I mean, at this point, I'm making it very easy for me to find, to, for people to find who I am. I mean, um, this is sort of the ridiculousness of it is that I ended up buying the agency when I was 22 years old because I had invested money because I have a passion for finance. So not just in the business I was doing with the um, education funds, which were invested and you had to know your competition. You had to know about taxes and trusts and, you know, the library was my friend. There was no internet back then. So I would go to the library and learn about and take out books on mutual funds and, that sort of thing. And I, I was very, I was self-taught. Um, but I invested and I pulled my money out of something a week before it crashed back to its original price. I had doubled my money and it was not small money. I'd turned like, I think 20,000 into 40,000 in one year. And how it happened is somebody called my branch and he told me he was canceling the plan to get into this particular mutual fund. And I told him that I had that one. And that because of him calling in, I said, it's now, I said, when I hung up the phone, I was like, it's now dumbed itself down to the lowest common denominator. The guy on the street is now hearing about this mutual fund. It's time to get out. So I did, I called the bank, I made the arrangements and then it crashed a week later. And I, but I had saved that. So when the agency came up for sale, well, guess who had the money to buy it? I mean, nobody else did. Cause it's not like the bank is gonna give you a loan on goodwill, right? And so that was, that is how I started off my life in finance and using my gift. And very simply, I mean, I've retired. Um, it's time to shift gears. Um, my, my gifts are way too powerful now. I can't even, I couldn't even go into clients' homes without like talking about what they were just talking about before I got there, which is a total mind trip on people who are not ready for that. So I think I did myself a service and other people a service by, you know, getting out of the business and moving on to um, an even more successful business, which is my Patreon hobby channel. And I'm helping hundreds and thousands of people learn about cryptocurrencies um, because it's rife with hackers and cheaters and liars and con men. I mean, it's a really great industry, but it's just like the internet in early days. You know, when they had all those porn sites or, you know, you click links and they would get on to your computer and download a keylogger and like there's just all kinds of bad stuff out there so that's really what i spend a lot of my time helping people with is um, learning about cryptocurrencies because again 
you know, I see the future and I know that digital currency, it is the future. Right. And so what made you sort of discover, was it just a natural progression because of your finance background to then discover cryptocurrencies? Because I think at this point, most people, I, I don't think it's mainstream yet, but I think most people are now on board with the fact that currency is going digital at some point. Well, it was actually not anything at all to do with being in finance. In fact, I didn't even know how to get Bitcoin when I first found out about it. You know how when you're watching television and a news program comes on, the news comes on, um, I would watch the news and I would make comments to my husband, like you'd read about like some lady went missing and I'd look at my husband and go, oh yeah, she's dead or has been killed her. And the husband's on there like tearfully bawling about, oh, bring her back. I'm like, he killed her. Right? So, so, but instead of getting a commentary um, from me in regards to something that was going on in the news, you know, as a psychic medium, I saw on the news that Mt. Gox had crashed. And that Bitcoin had just really plummeted to almost nothing. I don't know if it was like $2 or $10, but I saw immediately the future. I saw that Bitcoin was going to be fantastic and that there was going to be an entire industry of other Bitcoin-like, um, the same thing, but just it would be running the world. It would be, this is how people are going to do commerce. This is how people are going to get insurance. I mean, it's going to be everything. And so I said to my husband, um, can I take, do you mind if I take like $5,000 out of my, um, our, you know, because I mean, we're married. So even though it was my savings, it's like, as long as we're married, you, you have to do stuff together, right? I asked him if he thought, you know, should I take 5,000 US and buy some of this Bitcoin? And he said, oh, no, no, I, I think it's a scam. And remember, my husband's in computers. So, you know, I am like, oh, okay. But I knew what I saw. And I was like, for some reason, I'm okay with not investing in that Bitcoin. Um, but I'm going to put this in my hat for later. And sure enough, I mean, Bitcoin is like, what is it now? Like 12, almost $12,000 or between eleven and 12000 I don't know. I don't own any Bitcoin. I went on to the altcoins. So I've done quite quite well since I've gotten in. So not owning Bitcoin, but the altcoins. But that was how it was introduced to me. It wasn't through finance. It was through, but many of the same things apply. Like some coins and tokens, I look at their white paper and I'm like, oh yeah, there's no way the regulators are going to allow this. Because again, a big part of my job was compliance in my old life. So because I ran a branch, I, I was too cheap to pay, pay a branch manager because they cost like, 60 to 80,000 a year to have a branch manager. So I was like, I'll, I'll, do, I'll just do it and save the money. But also I didn't want to lose my business potentially because I had a branch manager who didn't know what they were doing. Because you can actually have your license suspended to, to um, enroll people if you have something happen. Because they'll investigate to see if you were involved or not. Um, so I was like, yeah, I, I have to be able to have my hands on the steering wheel of my business. Um, so that was you know, the direction I was coming from there. So that helps a lot with cryptocurrencies as well, so that I'm actually able to review it. But again, you know, I have to say that having a gift as a medium has really helped me crush it, not only in the cryptocurrencies, but also in, in the precious metals market. Um, I've basically called everything that's happened. Um, and I was really great on the timing too, not just only the, pri the price points, but also the timing of it. So um, that's pretty exciting for me because again, I'm just having fun with this. I never did this type of thing before. I just, I told everybody straight off, 
when I started, I said, this is a hobby channel and I'm a medium in training. And if you want to train me, join my channel and I'm going to work with you. And it's turned out to be a smashing success. And I've been doing things that I didn't even know I could do. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited for you, first of all, and some of the news that you shared about this weekend, which is exciting that the, the channel continues to grow and congratulations on that. That's fantastic. Maybe, maybe we take a small step back because the thing I'm excited about, and I'm sort of, I have the same mindset about self-educating and just finding your own way, because I think that's how you retain the most, but maybe can you give our listeners maybe a short, like, here's where you start if you want to learn about cryptocurrencies, because I know you've mentioned some stuff about white papers and regulation, and that might be, that might've gone over some people's heads. Okay. Well, the white paper would be something similar to a prospectus. When, um, uh, whenever a business is being put together and they're going to sell shares of their business, they have to go to the Securities Commission and register their prospectus. And what it does is it has in writing what the investor is being promised for their money in. And this is what a white paper is. So when someone in technology is creating a, to a token or a coin, and the difference between a token and a coin is very simple. A coin requires proof of work, which is when people set up those mining machines on their computer and they're paid a commission. And that's how the transactions are done. Um, a token is done, is a uh, transaction is handled through um, what's called staking. People stake these tokens and um, they, have an algorithm that they satisfy. So there's a little bit of a difference in what their usage is for, but I find the most important thing to do is to investigate the, um, the actual coin and token and the organization by looking at their website, um, look at the people who are involved. I Google their names. As a medium, I look at their picture as well. I mean, I don't suggest you guys bother with that, but <laughs> but you know, that helps me some when I look at their picture. But again, you know, as somebody who used to do investigations, because if somebody made a claim um, against one of my sales representatives, um, I would have to investigate if this was true or not. And there were certain things that I would, steps that I would go through to sort of glean the truth out of things. And the same with investing. I would look at the prospectus and I would see what was being promised. And one company, I remember I didn't invest in because they were paying for a startup. They were really paying their CEO and directors way too much money. I was like, yeah, this looks like a scam to me. You don't pay. Like even I, as a CEO of Sam Jam Productions, I don't pay myself this outrageous salary, right? Because I'm, I'm a newer startup. Um, so if I was to sell shares, let's say on Sam Jam Productions, and I was paying myself, let's say $3 million a year, you'd be like, well, wait a minute, you only have 500 Patreons and a few thousand subscribers, right? So this, these are things that you have to look at with coins and tokens as well. And I find um, a really great way to do research is to go on to one of the, there's CoinGecko. Um, I look at coinmarketcap.com. And so when you go to coinmarketcap.com, you should roam around there and literally click on everything that you can find, every tab, and get an understanding of how to um, find the websites for each of these tokens and coins, because you can click on them and then it's got a list on the side. And that's how I did a lot of my research, right? And then I was able to also look at the historical behavior of these coins. And that's when I decided to buy, I looked at the markets and I was like, okay, 
this looks this market it looks like it's at a high right now it probably should correct about 20 or 25 percent and then i'll start buying and so that's what i did and that ended up being a really good call back in 2017 i bought in way before there was like that huge run-up so I, I still have some pretty fantastic buys like eos at 90 cents I mean, my Doge, I can't, I, I won't even admit to you what I got my Doge for. I think it was the cheapest price that anybody in all of um, 2017 paid for the Doge token. I, that's what I paid. Mm -hmm. That's, that's awesome. And of course, maybe at this point, we should insert a, a quick caution that this is not a financial advice channel <laughs> and Samantha Jane is not here to, to give us any kind of advice or investment recommendation. So yeah. Proceed at oh, your yeah. own risk. I mean, I don't want to get into the financial services industry again. I'm a psychic medium. And unfortunately, I mean, there's no license for me because I mean, what do I do? It's like, oh, are you giving people financial advice? And it's like, no, I'm, I'm a psychic medium. Like I look in their ethos and I tell the future. And also their family members talk to me as well. And they, they're like, no, don't buy this one, buy the other one. And that has worked out quite nicely. And I've got all that stuff timestamped as well. Um, and one lady, I even asked her, I was like, I was like, her dad had passed away. And it, we figured out from my description, and usually I can pick up like what they did for a living, some of their personality, what they look like. Because sometimes they'll sh actually show me what they looked like um, before they died. And, um, you know, I asked her, I was like, how does your dad know so much about cryptocurrencies? Like, wasn't he like really old? <laughs> and she said, well, he was in a coma. I think it was like for six or nine months before he died. And she sat next to him every day in his hospital bed. And she had her laptop open and she learned about cryptocurrencies. And, and she said that she thinks that's how he would know since he passed over. Cause that did stand out to me. I was like, how does he know? So like literally for nine months in his comatose state, he laid on the bed next to her while she learned about cryptocurrency. So he was able to give me enough information that I was able to convey to her to help her from losing her shirt. Cause I mean, this lady was going to dump in a lot of money all at once. So her dad made sure. So, I mean, it's definitely not financial advice. I mean, the, I told people that Bitcoin was not going to be the outstanding cryptocurrency, that proof of work was not the future. And I mean, there were technical people who know 10 times what I do about cryptos and have been working in it for 20 years who are like, yeah, that doesn't sound right. But then it happens. So this is the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all fascinating. I guess, how do you combine the two? Because, you know, there might be people who are skeptical and I, I know you've, you've sort of gone through this evolution so it doesn't really phase you. But what do you say to the people that, you know, qu question what, what you're trying to do in, in helping people? Well, you know what? I really don't get people questioning that, you know, because um, I get such great feedback from everybody um, on how, you know, it's been helpful to them. Because a lot of the things I'm sharing as well are, are, are common sense, you know, like dollar cost average, make a plan, write it down study the history of the coiner token, look at who's all involved, Google their names. You know, did they steal from the last company they worked for? <laughs> you know, there's some things that if you even did, you know, 10 minutes research, you definitely, you wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. So, um, you know, I, I, I honestly have said 
to people on YouTube, I've said, you know, anybody who would have a problem with me, they really have to go out of their way to find it. Because I really don't rock the boat at all. I'm just really, I'm there to help everybody. I don't even hold back, you know, what my like Q labs are. They're, they're called the quick, like a bunny coins. A lot of people are like, oh, subscribe to my channel and I'll tell you what they are. I'm like, no, man, I'm going to, you know, I relied on YouTube when I was doing research, but I mean, it's harmful as well because you get what's called talking heads on YouTube. And these are people who have no business being on YouTube talking about cryptocurrencies. And a lot of the people who are on my channel now, they were financially damaged by following a lot of these, these groups who claim to know people and have contacts, um, but they just ended up using them to earn money for themselves in a lot of cases. So I'm glad that I create um, my theme song is uh, the cult She Sells Sanctuary. And if you listen to the words of the song, like that's what I sell is sanctuary. People come to my channel and they find each other and they help each other. If somebody's, if listen, if some, if you've got your Tezos stuck in the Tez box, somebody else has had that happen to them. In fact, I can say for sure, there's at least 10 people on my channel who can tell you how to get it out because they've already dealt with it. So that's the other thing that we do is I really created a community where people are like-minded and they wanna help one another. And the biggest danger in, in the cryptocurrency realm are the hackers and the liars and the people who will take advantage of you, you know, and get you to buy like these crap coins or giving you referral links to you know, buy like the, these absolute garbage things and wasting your time and money on it. And the people who are hanging out with me are people who are just like me. They just wanna help and they know that you know, they will get as much as they give because, you know, you may, you may be somebody who even is a software developer, but you don't know anything about real estate, you know, but we happen to have someone who's a huge um, commercial real estate dealer in the United States who's on my channel. You know, I have a number of people who are doctors. I have someone who's a dentist. I have, you know, there's all kinds of different backgrounds. Um, you know, people who were in the military for over 30 years um, who know about, you know, a lot of geopolitical stuff that we wouldn't know about. So again, I mean, it's a really, it's, if you want to nerd out, then come to my channel because we are really deep down, deep inside, you know, mm -hmm. forget the psychic medium stuff, forget the cryptocurrencies. We are truly nerds. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, sounds like I'll, I'll fit right in. I'll have to, I've checked out some of your, of your free content on YouTube, which actually there's, there's a lot there. If you guys haven't checked it, checked it out, it's uh, this Sam Jamin. Well, of course, the link is in the in the show notes, so everyone can check that out, and we'll we'll link to the Patreon channel as well, and of course the podcast, which we'll we'll talk about in, in a little bit as we unpack some some more of this stuff. So, what I guess, Synthogen, another angle of attack that we could take is how do you how do you overcome sort of the the, the human nature? Because there there are going to be a lot of scams right it just we just can't help ourselves right if you look throughout history it's just always going to happen so cryptocurrency is just the latest i don't want to say fad because it's not a fad anymore but it's the latest iteration of technology that also opens itself to opportunities for scams and frauds and how do you tell you know how do you tell those apart um well probably the first place to look is uh, which projects are the developers supporting. And that's really important. You know, how many developers do, do these projects have? Because you don't want to um, invest in a project 
and then have it abandoned for another up and coming project. Because there's many different cryptocurrencies that do um, the same thing. Like Chainlink recently, last year, um, it went from about $2.25 and there was a run up last week. I think it even kissed $20. So I think it's sitting at around 16 bucks right now. Um, for Chainlink. Well, what Chainlink does is that it's what's considered like an Oracle. It, it's not a DeFi. It's more like a, I call it a DeFi related product. So DeFi is decentralized finance. And this is where a lot of people are making money in cryptos right now. It's very high risk. Um, so what I do is I have sort of my basic cryptocurrencies, the ones that are really in the top 20 or 30, the projects that are um, spread around the different uh, uses, I guess. There's many use cases. For example, VeChain is a tracking blockchain. So um, a really big problem with um, certain collector's items are, is fraud, you know, or high-end like Gucci. So they would use VeChain to track it to prove that it is not a counterfeit. So that can be used. I, I invested in that when it was um, anywhere from a quarter of a penny to half a penny. And now it runs around two cents. So, I mean, if you had $10,000 in VeChain last, or let's say in January, um, you now have uh, $80,000 US. So some of this stuff can run up pretty quick. And my big thing is to hold for the long term because I'm telling people, like VeChain's not going to stay at two cents. I think it's going to go into the dollars, but make sure that you have your sell-off points because you really should expand the community. And I talk about, you know, greedy get you caught. And I also talk about that this isn't going to work if you don't expand the community, right? Like Digibyte, for example, had so many people like holding on to millions of Digibyte. It was only after watching Digibyte fall from like two and a half cents to like a quarter of a penny while everything else was going up. And you'll notice, Yuri, if you watch my old videos from last year or, two, or 18 months ago even, I talked about Digibyte and how don't sell it, but if you're holding millions of it, like let go of some of it because it's gonna be fallen. And what's going to happen is people are going to get so discouraged because they got nothing else. People went all in on one coin and token and just held it. And they held a crazy amount of it. And my whole thing is, is that as it goes up, because this Digibyte did go up like quite a bit, but people kept holding it because there was, you know, different psychic mediums out there saying that it was going to be worth a crazy amount of money. Right. But so people had the greed in their mind. So I actually started my channel because of that. Cause they, I was seeing it on the, and I knew what was going to happen with Digibyte. And I was like, okay, I got to go do my job. So in the beginning I was not popular, but then this is what happened. And then people began to shut their mouth because when you're right over and over and over and over again on a weekly basis about many things, um, never mind the freaky things that are happening over on discord that people are reporting about. Like it's just the knowings and the, um, they just ask me a question about what happened and then I tell them and it could be about, you know, somebody's missing cat even and I'll tell them. I'll be like, don't worry, it's coming back. It's going to come back later on today. No, no, they're just out. Um, they're out. Well, and then she's like so serious, but he didn't come back for his breakfast this morning. I'm sure he's dead. I even called. I thought the cat was eight years old. The cat was eight months old. And I said, no, no, he's just mousing. I said he and she's like, oh, my gosh, you're right. 
he does, he does uh, go after mice. And then sure enough, later on that day, the cat shows up. So this is the kind of stuff that is non-cryptocurrency related that, you know, we can get into. And, um, and I already covered the greedy get you caught. So I think I've got everybody on the channel realizing that it's probably not a good idea to try to ride vet all the way into the multiple dollars that they need to set sell points. I mean, my God, if you got vet at a quarter of a penny, like freaking give it up, at, give up some of it at like, you know, 50 cents, my goodness, give other people a chance to get in if it's going to go to like six or seven dollars. Yeah, because also, what is, I guess it's the human nature that the, the so-called FOMO, the fear of missing out that yes, combined with greed. So how do we, is there something to overcome that? Or do we just, do we just need someone like you to, to really break it down for us because we won't believe otherwise? Yeah, that's, you, 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 you nailed it on the head. I mean, people are believing because I am hitting the nail on the head with like, I won't say everything, but anybody who is on the advanced or premium tier, they were part of my broadcast the night that Iran started bombing Iraq. And I act, it was live in the chat room, they told me. They said Iran just started bombing an American base in Iraq. And one lady is like, my husband is having a meltdown. He's loading the gun. He says it's World War III. <laughs> I was like, no, no. I said, I said, tell him that no American soldiers are going to die, that there's not going to be any World War III. And that was, I, I was, that was live. I was asked that. And then sure enough, next day, nope, there were no, nobody died. And so there was no World War III. There was no America and Iran going to war. And a lot of people thought that America and Iran were going to war that night when the bombing happened. And I knew they weren't. And I was able to calm everybody. So when I tell somebody to buy polka dot, they friggin' buy it, man. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm stalking polka dot like a bad girlfriend, an ex bad ex-girlfriend. I said the last time that happened, it was Tezos at 60 cents. And I was getting people and, and people didn't buy Tezos. I was like, and it dropped to 40 cents and people like, just lambasted me. I was like, no, no, it's going to be big. Just my timing is not always perfect. But, you know, our, our thing is to hold, to hold and then make a plan, right? So that's what we do. So we held Tezos, right? And then some people got on at a buck 20, some people got on at a dollar 60. And like by then, everybody had Tezos in my group, you know? So we're all, we are, we, most of us are Tezos holders. And I'm talking about, we have thousands of Tezos. And so those of us who are, who bought it back when I was, you know, stalking it like a bad ex-girlfriend. That's how I described it. I was like, oh my God, I'm so passionate about Tezos. The things I see, it's so great. And then now there's polka dot and I'm like, oh my God, it's the same. So, and that's the one that went up 50% since I started hollering about it. So, I mean, it's, I don't even know why I'm allowed to even do this, except that because it is normally completely against the rules to use your abilities to gamble. And I don't really gamble. I, I tell people to research the projects and, and hold the ones that they believe in and then have their sellout. I don't do the trading. I don't do, okay, everybody turn left. No, not that left. <laughs> you know? I, I don't do that type of thing on my channel. I teach people how to hold the course, make their plan. And my biggest, my biggest thing is, and you've probably already heard it, is the greedy get you caught. That's what I kept saying. Greedy get you caught. Make your plan to sell out. 
Um, you know, so like my, te my Tezos, for example, even though I do, I do see it in the hundreds of dollars, I'll probably be completely out, like sell my last batch of it at 120 and I start jumping off at 65, right? And that's pretty high. There's other ones that I'm only 10 times up and then I'm gonna start selling it off because again, we have to expand the community. This is the only way that the cryptocurrency projects are going to continue to grow is that we have to get massive support in there. And I do see that happening. Um, and I did see that happening back in 2014 when Mount Gox crashed. And we are here now. And so we're gonna see a huge growth over the next four years. I'll probably be publicly in cryptos for the next two years. After that, too many people will know about me. I will have to get out of cryptos because I don't want to be the change maker for cryptos. Like I don't wanna be, I don't wanna be like the Elon Musk of, you know, how he's of Twitter and he like drives markets and stuff, even with a tweet. Um, that's what I may become as a psychic medium with cryptos once people find out about me. So it's only appropriate that I, you know, go private after that and just do me. I'm just going to do medium stuff, I guess, is what I'm being told by the other side. So I warn people ahead of time. They're very sad that they're like, we're so sad you're going to leave in two years. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm still going to be a medium. I'm just not going to be you know, doing like the YouTube videos, because by then cryptos will have, you know, been changed and established enough. You won't need people like me. I think it's actually responsible because yeah, you don't want to become the Warren Buffett of stocks because that, that'll be game over. I think, you know, crypto made it when Warren Buffett starts to own some. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm just here to help people like, you know, I mean, we've had just probably at least five people just in the last couple of months since cryptos have gone up a lot. We've had five people hacked who've had their cryptos, not all of their cryptos stolen from them, you know, but at least, you know, when they come to me and they tell me what they have left, I'm like, Oh, the people on the other side told me you just have to stay in six months longer. Now you're okay. Cause of course they're freaking out. They're like, I just lost millions pot potentially. Right. Cause I mean, that would kill you if you owned like 50,000 Cardano and Cardano goes to like a hundred bucks. I mean, you're going to be sad, right? But if you're, if you're medium on the Discord, you report that. Oh, and other people, um, and we document this because this is all timestamped, right? And I've been 100% correct so far on whether or not someone has truly lost these cryptos. Because a lot of people, like one person was like, you know, oh, I just logged on to my wallet and it says zero for, I don't know what they had, like Tezos or something. And then I just wrote beneath that. I said, oh, I said, you're okay, Beth. You didn't lose your money. Reboot is your friend. <laughs> and that's what she did. She just rebooted it and then her crypto showed up. But at least that kept her from like, because you almost feel like throwing up. I mean, that could be like, you know, some people have like 50 or $100,000 on their like laptops now on wallets. It's not hard after, you know, if you invested early on and put in five or $10,000, that could be like, 80, 100,000 now, especially if you got into the DeFi's a few months ago. Right. Well, that's why it's important. I've heard you say this before, and I think it's just sound financial advice in general for something like this. Don't invest the money that you're going to need tomorrow, right? This is not a lottery ticket. Well, exactly. And I don't treat it like a lottery ticket either. And that I remind people of that because they had all these plans to like basically, you know, give money to their slothful 
gambling relatives who don't deserve it, who like, who actually made fun of them for investing in cryptos. And I've gotten people to change their mindset because I've actually had readings with people and I've had pe their family members who crossed over to talk them out of doing what they were planning on doing with their money. And then I've actually told them what I see them doing. And they're like, oh my gosh, me and my wife, we were just talking about that last night. You know, that exact thing. Like, and it would be something very random about, you know, maybe like an animal shelter, you know, where they take in animals of elderly people who have to go into homes and they don't, and there's nobody to take the dog or the cat or, you know, and then their family can still, you know, bring the cat for a visit or whatever, but maybe because they live in apartments, they can't take this cat. So I was talking to them about that and you can imagine the look on their face. I mean, that's very specific, isn't it? If you were having a conversation with your spouse about something like that, and then some medium says, yeah, you shouldn't give it back, that relative. Oh, I think that one has a gambling problem. That money will be, you're just throwing good money after bad. And then they're going to come back and want more and they're going to insult you and be mean about it. And I see that your money's better placed in this animal shelter type setup and I explain it. And then because it's what they were already talking about, then that just really confirms, you know, don't give the money to that deadbeat relative. So it's very, you know, it's very handy to have a conversation with a medium who, but make sure that they prove that they really are a medium because one thing that I've discovered just being in this space the short time that I have been, that there's a lot of people um, who are not gifted at all. And um, I, I don't even know how they make a living doing it because I can't see anyone rebooking with them. So that's actually a good point because you have a lot, a lot of confidence and I've gotten a chance to get to know you a little bit over the last nine weeks with the podcasting course. And I know I've heard you say in another interview that you're not crazy and you actually want people to test you. So what does that, what does that look like? Well, what I say to people is on like the ask a medium that I do. Um, that's with live people in the chat room. And I'm actually thinking of changing that format so that they can go in on the chat and discord and we can actually go back and forth on voice. So everybody in the, on the live stream can hear me talking to this person. It's almost like if somebody phones in, right? I'm just getting used to this technology stuff. So I'm advancing and changing things. So I would just tell somebody, you know, go look at my last episode of Ask a Medium. And these are people in the chat room asking me questions. And sometimes I'll just have a back and forth. And I think that, you know, before anyone books a reading with me that they should view my work. I've got work up on YouTube right now. Um, I don't know if you saw any of my reading videos. I, I, have, I haven't, I've, I've done, I've, I took a deep dive down the crypto path so far. Right, right. well, what I did is I did post um, videos that were edits of my abilities to do a reading and they are, you know, with permission from the individuals who were part of the readings. I, I have quite a few on file and then what my editor does is she goes through them and then she pulls them out because she looks for the facial expressions as well to keep people interested, that sort of thing. We usually keep them around four minutes long in total. Um, she usually chooses maybe no more than two people because I'll actually get quite a few hits just on one one hour reading alone, like maybe about 10. You know, like I'll have 10 things that I'll know about that it's quite unusual that I know about this stuff. So um, she puts that, but I tell people just look for, if you have, if there's a medium who has no proof, 
of their abilities because I did it for free at first. And so that I would have somebody who could endorse me and say, yeah, she's told me stuff, but you have to wait for the stuff to come true. You know, it's not, it's not good enough to tell somebody, um, you know, the description of their family, you know, like, oh, you have a lot of brothers and sisters or like, as I'll tell people stuff, I'll be like, um, I don't see that you're married or with anybody. I see that you live alone and you have no children. And they're like, yes, you're right. I mean, then there's no reason for them, for me to know that about them, except that I'm a medium and I can call some of that stuff off right off of the bat. And my, my thing with people is that if you book a medium and you don't get anything like that, um, like one lady told me that she paid $400 for a session with some guy just to have, she said it was like this rah-rah session, you know, you can do it. Yes. What your mind believe. And it, it wasn't, a, he was, it's because he's not, I know who the guy is. He's not a medium. He's just a psychic. So he can, he gets the occasional word out of the ethos, but 5% of people on the planet are psychic and you shouldn't be charging $400 for a one hour session if you're not a medium. So yeah, that's just an example of some of the things that I've run across. Actually, a good, we can maybe touch on the differences between psychics and mediums and just us pure mortals, because someone actually, it's interesting, someone asked me yesterday why I started the podcast. And you know, I have this rationalized sort of step-by-step reasons in theory, but really the real answer I realized is it was sort of just my gut feeling that told me to do it. Right. So we all have a little bit of intuition. So can you break that down? And can we also, I guess the other thing to touch on, can we all develop a little bit more of that intuition to just help get along? So we're not as reliant on, on you, although we want, we want your Patreon channel to grow, of course. Right on. And in fact, there are some people that when I do readings with them, I have such an amazing connection so quickly. It really, it actually, it blows me away. I'm telling you, I am still amazed at what I can do because I'm just like you guys. I'm like, wow, that's so crazy. You say that she can do that. I just go, yeah, it's so crazy. I can do that. How do you do it? I don't know. I have no idea. Well, I kind of do. And what I, what I know, I teach people that, but they want to book and rebook again. And I explain to them that this is not my purpose. You know, I said, it's fine to have a medium if you're going through um, a sort of a point in your life. You know, like if somebody's looking at doing cryptocurrencies and they're like, oh, I need a little bit of help from this medium who knows cryptos and Maybe they can get me in touch with my relatives to help me out. So that's fine. But I tell people that most people have intuition because you have to go back to the beginning of what we are. I mean, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. So what is inside of me is the same as what is inside of you. So that when you die, you actually have all of the psychic medium abilities I have while I'm in my human body plus more, right? So mine are muted. My abilities are muted somewhat because I am in my human body, but I have figured out a way and I do have the ability and it is in my DNA. And um, it's because I know this because my great grandmother had this and both of my children have it. If you can believe it, the statistical odds are astounding until I explain to you that we are in the great awakening. So this is part of the vibrations increasing on the planet so that even people who have intuition can feel it. And then those of us who are mediums, because after intuition, intuition is like that feeling in your belly or that, that in your mind, you just really just, yeah, that's what I need to do. 
and I, you feel so strongly and so dedicated to it, but you can't put your finger on why. That is your intuition. Psychic, on the other hand, is um, you're grabbing information, sometimes like one word from the ethos. The ethos is what is around all of us. Like literally, I would look at someone like you and I would see what stands out the most from what I can see about you. Right. And then I would start to talk to you about it. And by you speaking as well, that gives me, it's almost like you're opening your ethos to me as you speak. That's why I tell people, just tell me what you don't know, or just talk to me about what you do know. And then I'll tell you what you don't know, because what happens is because as you're talking, then I begin to sort of fall into you into your ethos. And I begin to look around and you've given me full permission. Now, Am I saying that I don't get into people's business in my mind when I'm bored at a dinner party and people are talking? Oh, I absolutely do. I mean, I'm just like you. Um, I can be, um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of when you say, no, I'm not bad. Oh, I'm mischievous. That's what I used to tell people. My father used to say yes. When as young as she could speak, they would say, you're so bad. And I'd say, I'm not bad, I'm mischievous. So sometimes I can be a mischievous medium and just be all up in people's business when they didn't give me permission. But I won't speak publicly about it. I'll just entertain myself with it in my mind. Or I'll drop a word here and there and they'll just kind of look at me and because I know that they're, they don't know what I do for a living and they're thinking, oh my God, she's reading my mind and I'm just having a little bit of fun with them. on that Because that's exciting for people, right? So I just like to have a little bit of fun here and there. That's awesome. So I guess to expand on, on that a little bit more, what can we do? Because I know even with your abilities, it's something you had to practice to get better at. So what can we do to practice getting better at our own sort of tuning into that intuition? Well, a big part of it is using it. And the first part is recognizing that you have it. I'm, I became a really good medium once I, could, once I realized that I could speak to living entities on the other side. And by the way, that's the biggest difference between a psychic and a psychic medium. It's like you don't necessarily, you're not necessarily a medium just because you're psychic. Psychic means you can pull one word out of the ethos and you can look at it and, you know, get an idea what's, what's to come. Um, or for example, when the phone rings, you know that, um, you know, it's a certain person calling. It's like you're just pulling that out of the ethos. You have a feeling of who it is calling you. Um, whereas if you're a medium, you're actually having a back and forth or you can have a back and forth conversation with somebody who has passed over to the other side and get and access you know, information that there's no way anybody else would be able to get because you, you have to be all-knowing to access this. And I'm not all knowing. I have to go to the ones who are all knowing, those of us who've already passed over, then we become all knowing again. Yeah, I think it's cool. And you have actually a great animation on the on your YouTube channel that that your daughter helped make that sort of explains it in three easy minutes. Yes. Yeah. And that's helpful for people who are working on becoming mediums because they have to understand that the attacks are part of it. It's like, you know, let's get real about what's in between there. That's what you're passing through. One lady said to me, she goes, how do you not make the rage your own? I said, well, when you know it's not you, you know that it's coming from them, right? And that they're trying to infiltrate because you're trying to get to the other side 
So they try to grab you whenever they can. And so I did the animation of that um, because other people who are trying to become, you know, to use their gifts and abilities, they immediately stir up a whole bunch of stuff because all of a sudden your flame gets brighter and, you know, there's pros and cons. And one of the cons is, is that the principalities in high places can now see you, you know, whereas before you were just part of the multitude, but mediums help people. That's why we're called light workers. Um, so, and that's how, you know, the, even the dark entities would know us. Oh, that's a light worker. Cause that's what the, how they see us and identify us the light, but because they hate mankind, right? They hate source. And because they're in like sort of the bad space in between, they want to attack us. They, they don't want good things for you. And for someone like me who can facilitate good things for you, they do not want that. They do not like that. They do not appreciate the kind of work that I do. So it's very helpful for people who are, um, or who were born with the ability to be a medium, to understand some of the things that will happen to you um, when you really can't control your gift in the early days and you don't know what's going on, it's very helpful to have a more experienced person saying, oh yeah, that happened to me and this is how I learned to control it. And then they do it and they're like, hey, you know what? It worked. It was like, see, you didn't have to go through 10 years of hell. You could just, you know, you just learn how to do that and then you go on to the next stage. And it's just sort of a back and forth learning. And that's, that's one way to develop your mediumship. Now that would only be probably one in a million people who would, you know, have mediumistic abilities. I'm not really sure on the statistics. I do know that psychic abilities though is probably about 5% of the population. And a good way again to measure that is to keep track, get, get a little notebook, start writing it down. And once again, you know, once you take note of these abilities and start um, putting into action something that recognizes it, you'll find that it happens a lot more. And, and another big part is make sure that you are exercising regularly, that you have a good diet. Um, do not abuse alcohol or drugs. Um, I have no problem if someone has to take painkillers. Um, I know a lot of people are into medicinal, medicinal marijuana. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, people who are alcoholics or, um, you know, regularly, you know, they snort cocaine, they do drugs. Um, they take illegal farmies. These things will mess you up and they are not good or conducive to develop your intuition, your psychic ability. Oh, and if you mess with those, if you're a medium, oh, be sure to know the familiar spirits will come and, you know, it'll be a bad situation for you. So it's even, even more important that, um, you know, if somebody's a medium, that they really take care of their physical health, their mental health, and, um, and eat a proper diet. And I call it high vibrational foods. So I don't eat like a lot of, and I, I'm not saying that I don't ever eat fried foods. It's just that it's not part of my regular diet. You know, I eat lots of fruits and vegetables and I make the healthy choices and I don't overeat. And, um, you know, that's really, really important. And I mentioned that on this podcast, because I know that, you know, many people in Western society, because drive throughs are so accessible and, hey, listen, I've got drive throughs everywhere as well. And I would love to have that double mocha frappe, whatever it is that, you know, but when I saw that they were like 1300 calories and how many things of fat, and I was like, oh yeah, I, I'm going to feel like garbage after, you know, drinking that. So it's not a part of my life. And I have to say that that really helps me um, excel 
in my abilities because I, I feel lighter. I feel like to, later on today um, when it's not so warm, I'm going to go out and walk the dogs, a nice brisk walk so that when I come back, I've had some really good cardio um, and I've used a lot of muscle strength because, you know, when you're jockeying strong breed dogs, man, your arms hurt when you come back. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you touch on such, it's basically practical advice, right? We all know it. I mean, I, I discovered it in the last four months, right? I basically, because I said when I hit my 30s, I was slowly gaining weight and quickly losing time. Yeah. And what I realized in the last six months is that it really was up to me to change that mindset. And that's, it's basically what I did is I cut out all the processed junk and I lost, you know, I, I know, unfortunately, a lot of people have put on the COVID-15 or the COVID-20. Yeah. I've lost um, negative 20 pounds since wow. the pandemic started. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. And you feel much better as well. And, you know, and I, I and I'm not saying that, you know, being skinny is the answer to everything. I mean, I'm certainly not skinny, but I can do, you know, a good cardio. I can do some good brisk walking for an hour, an hour and a half with the dogs, no problem. And I think that's really the important thing is to, um, you know, really gauge it on, I mean, a lot of people are into dress size or how much weight they are and that sort of thing. And the most important thing to me is that, you know, that you are somebody who you're moving because that's so good for your brain and it's so good for your mental health and your attitude. And that's the thing is that, you know, you have to keep your attitude in check and be positive and positive to be around, you know, even smile at people when they're walking past you. I mean, that raises them, helps raise the vibration of the planet. So, you know, I encourage everybody to try to, you know, just do whatever you can. And, you know, you don't have to start overnight, but if you're truly interested in developing your spiritual abilities that everybody has, you definitely have to make sure that you have a healthy mind and a healthy body because if you don't that will lower your vibration and that is really the key to accessing your abilities and accessing it well and consistently is by having your higher vibrational self every single day and yeah, no i agree i completely relate to that I, I only tell the the weight loss story as a as a byproduct right the yeah. The, 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 the sort of the slimmer, the new slimmer me is just the byproduct of that. But it's, it comes back to exactly what you said. It's, I, I feel so much better. So I'm able to put out that positive energy. Yes. Right. So it's, it's by design. It wasn't just that I'm forcing myself to be positive when I'm looking at all this outrage that's happening in the world and I'm right. actually miserable on, on the inside. It's, it's not the case. I was able to, to change that. Yeah, absolutely. Good for you. Well, that's very positive input as well. And, uh, I think that uh, you're really going to do a great job with this podcast and getting the word out there. And uh, I, I think that you have a really great lineup of guests. I can't wait to uh, listen to your other podcasts. Well, I appreciate that, Santhagen. I know we've been going for a while, but if you'd allow just a couple more questions to wrap it up. Sure thing. Well, I guess, I mean, I want to touch on what is a great awakening, but only if you can sort of give us like the cliff notes for now. 
Okay. Well, the Great Awakening has been planned since the beginning of time is the best way for me to describe it. And um, Dolores Cannon actually uh, ran across the Great Awakening and the um, people who are mediums who would come here to help in the first, second, and third wave. So if that's something that you're interested in, just Google Dolores Cannon. Um, she's got some great videos on there. I don't necessarily agree with everything that her foundation or society is espousing as to the way things are. I, I think they kind of misunderstood a few things. Um, that got lost in translation, but I, I definitely endorse and believe in, well, I mean, because it is the Great Awakening, and I've gotten information that is telling me that this is something that is going to happen all over the world, and it's really an uncovering of the corruption. It's going to shine a light on, like, the, um, you know, the child sex trafficking that's going on, the corruption in governments, the payolas in finance, um, you know, that the, the very fact that the, the generational wealth has been stolen from like, if you're under 40 years old, you should be under 50, even you should be very upset because I mean, I don't blame people being angry because the older generation has transferred the younger generation's wealth to them. They just like literally stole it, took it and used it to pad their own lifestyle. And now things are starting to fall apart because you can't do that. You break the unwritten rules in, in society when you start taking your children and your grandchildren's money. And the only reason things are falling apart now is because you can't take out loans on unborn people, on, on productivity that isn't even there. And that's what it, the point that it's gotten to. Um, so the Great Awakening is the awareness of the populations of the world and the changes are going to come during this Great Awakening. Um, but also part of that is because a Great Depression is going to sweep around the world financially because right now everybody's been too... Um, not everybody. I mean, the world has been in a really tough situation, but in the Western world or the Western societies, you know, people have really been into themselves very much to the point that they don't even know their neighbor. So what's going to happen as a result of all of this wealth being sucked out of society or this liquidity is going to get sucked out of society because obviously there comes a time when the bill has to be paid. And they've been putting it off. And, and you're, you know, I'm amazed that they've been able to put it off. Like this should have been paid back in 2008, but they've managed to put it off 12 years. It's just going to make it worse. But anyways, it's coming. It can't be stopped. But fortunately, the blockchain technology will be adopted and the governments that don't adopt it will be left behind by the governments that do adopt it because the new wealthy will move there. And then those countries and those institutions will rise up while the other places will become, you know, like if you see, you compare Baltimore to like a well-run city in the United States. I mean, it's like night and day. And that is what it's going to become like in the world between those who run things properly and honestly and those who do not. It's, it's going to be, you, you won't be able to ignore it any longer. So people get to the breaking point. Like in Lebanon, when you have that explosion, people realize that it was the ongoing corruption and that nobody wanted to spend the money on moving those munitions where they should have moved. They should have they should not have had them there. I mean next to fireworks, what is wrong with people? But anyways, um, it was all to do with corruption. And that's why all those people died. And now 
it's enough of a reason for there to be a backlash against the government. So this is going to happen all over the world, but coming out of this darkness, it's going to be like going through the dark ages. But remember after the dark ages where there was the Renaissance. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to tell you that we're not going to have the length of time in the dark ages that they had in the original dark ages. I don't even know how long it went for. I should check my history. Um, but, and, but after that, the Renaissance is coming and it's gonna be wonderful. Um, there's gonna be lots of great things. So I definitely want to encourage people. Um, I don't wanna frighten people. I just, I know this is coming, you know it's coming. And I just want people to know that there will be an end to it. I see anywhere between four and 10 years, depending on which part of the world you live in. Um, but it, know that the blockchain technology will step in and free us from at least the financial corruption that has allowed the older generation to siphon off the wealth of the younger generation so that that can never happen again. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you for that, Samantha Jane. So I guess with that, because clearly you, you're optimistic about the future, so I don't need to necessarily ask you about that because you've just laid that out, but what advice would you give to that maybe slightly awkward 30 something year old who is feeling stuck and overwhelmed by all the changes that are happening in the world all at once? Well, I mean, you have to look at the positive side of it really that, um, you know, you're not in the dark. I mean, imagine what it was like a hundred years ago, you know, when things were happening and people had no idea what was going on because of, you know, just now information travels around the world in a millisecond. Um, and things are going to continue to move quickly, but you really have to try to look at the positive side of things and look at it as exciting. This is new, this is a change. See, change is frightening to people. So this is completely normal to feel this way, a bit discombobulated, just where, you know, oh my gosh, it's change, you know, and we always, assert that change is a bad thing. But in this case, it's gonna be a good thing because what's been going on in the world cannot continue to go on. You know, this is completely against the rules of humanity. Um, you know, it's gonna fail and fall apart. The way it's gonna happen, I don't think that anybody could have predicted. One of the things I keep saying to people is that um, I keep getting the message that nothing is gonna happen the way that people think it's going to happen. Because no one, no one really knows, right? And plus, especially in America, if you lay the sort of the completely divisive politics on top of it, then just everything gets lost behind all that noise. And it's, it's hard to really tell what's going on. Yeah, exactly. But then when you have a medium who's not even American show you a screenshot from comments she posted on a live YouTube channel that didn't even belong to her, I commented on stuff. And it was stuff like, I was like, I talked about seeing the complete collapse of the Democratic Party and that Donald Trump in his second term would win in a landslide. And it's looking like that's the way it's going to go down. Now, I laugh at people when they're like, are you sure Donald Trump's going to win? I'm like, what are you kidding me? I said, Baltimore is like burning down. Seattle, Portland. I mean, those are, it's all, I mean, anybody can see very clearly that the places that are completely falling apart are run by people who will be voting for Joe Biden. So, I mean, that's all you need to know is, you know, what do you want for your place? And so, you know, looking at somebody who, I don't have a dog in the fight. Like I'm not an American, I don't live there. Um, I don't have a vote um, for myself. I, I don't, I'm not stuck on any particular party. So I kind of vote with whoever 
has the ideology of the time. I voted for um, at least two different parties, sometimes three, if we include the local elections. So I'm not one of those people that is either, um, you know, white or or blue or red or whatever the colors are of different parties. I mean, I'm just, I just go with whatever I um, think the person who will do the best job, um, who has the best plan for society. And I think that this is all gonna come um, to fruition in November. Um, Donald Trump is right, Iran will come to the table um, after, the land, after his landslide win because they'll realize that I don't know who it was who was going over there. You got, there was a politician who used to be in one of the old administrations who was actually flying over to Iran and telling, was it like John Kerry or someone like that? I just read that. I was like, oh my gosh, talk about the Logan Act. <laughs> you know, he's going over there and telling Iran, don't, we're getting Trump out. You know, you just hang in there. We're going to get him out. And because they, they bribed them with all this money, right? And then they gave a kickback from what I can see, because when I look at stuff, I'm like, yeah, that's true. No, that's not true. Um, but there's a lot of crazy ideas out there as well. Like if you hear that John F. Kennedy Jr. is coming back, like he's really been alive the whole time, that's a total lie. And I know this because I talked to him after he died. That was one of my first like recognition that I was a medium, because I was like watching it on TV with the plane floating in the water. I was like, I was watching CNN. I like just turned it on and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe John F. Kennedy Jr. He might be dead. I looked at it and then instantly he was there and he was talking to me. And I was like, oh my God, he is dead. And at that point they hadn't found his body, right? They were just saying that there's reports, the plane. And, and then he talked to me and then he like literally told me what happened. And I even knew what was on, who was on the plane with him who died before they reported it. So I can tell you, without a shadow of a doubt that John F. Kennedy Jr. is dead. And this whole thing through the Q movement, when they try to say that people believe that, 99.9% .9 of the people who follow Q and QAnon do not believe that. They believe that that's craziness. That's so silly. I mean, the guy is dead and buried. And, um, and so is his wife and her sister who trusted him, which is what he told me. He was very upset about that, that you know, they trusted him. He was full of himself, way too much confidence for his ability to fly. Um, and he shouldn't, it, the conditions were not good for him to be flying. And he got vertigo and ended up putting the plane right in the water. Um, so yeah, it's good to be a medium in that sense where, where you hear a lot of crazy stuff and you can like literally sniff out the BS like right away. And I help people with that too. I'm like, yeah, I don't waste your time on that. Those people, they don't, they, they don't know a guy. They don't know anybody. They're a nobody just like me, <laughs> but I just have access to the, to the ethos and the other side. I mean, that's the only difference, but I mean, I'm a nobody. I don't know anybody in the government or insiders or anything like that. Yeah, it's really fascinating because it seems like the challenge isn't even just the conspiracy theories, not that I want to go down that rabbit hole because we try to keep things apolitical, but it's that both sides assign conspiracy theories to the other side and then attack them for believing it What and it's not necessarily true. So it's just this funny dichotomy instead of just talking to each other, which is what I try to do here on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's really, it's silly as well because I mean, I have people like, and I mean, I'm in another country and I had one lady I was renting um, 
an apartment that I owned out to her and she, I had, it happened to be in the house I was living in. I had a separate apartment that I used to rent out and um, I had made some pizza and I asked her if she wanted to have a slice. So she came over and she totally began trashing like Donald Trump. And I'm like, I'm like thinking, what is she talking about? Like, this is another country. This is another, like, why do you even care? But she was like, she was almost like she, it was almost like she, you know, personally knew the guy and he was some horrible person. And I just looked at her and I said, I know a lady who's known him for 30 years and you better count yourself lucky that she's not standing here in the kitchen while you're talking about somebody that you don't even know like that. I said, did you know he has Asperger's? Did you even know that? And she's like, no. I'm like, well, that's because he doesn't admit it to anybody, but that would explain the silly things he says. But I knew right away, the people on the other side told me he has Asperger's, right? And if you look at his son, Baron, it's very obvious that Baron is an Aspie boy, you know, and this would explain the, the high functioning intelligence that they have. Like this guy, Donald Trump, he's playing 4D chess with these, like, I'm like, I can't believe how stupid these people are that are going against him. But anyways, America is safe. Um, the good guys got it. And I'm very positive about America. Um, I love America. If America falls, we have nowhere to run to. Um, we depend on America to be the beacon, the light of the world. And I have a very positive outlook for America. Um, America is the one place that is not going to have a Great Depression. It is not. It is going to be, um, um, it's going to do unbelievably well. Like it's going to be one for the history books. I'm very excited about what's coming for America. So, you know, if you have any setbacks the next couple of months, that is just a small blip. It's just the, the engine's just get, going to get restarted and it's going to be, it's not going to be like one of those propeller planes. It's going to be like a jet plane. Well, if the rate of construction and how quickly it rebounded since the lockdowns, even in New York City, is any indication, then I would say that sounds right. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I was talking about 18 months ago. Um, oh my gosh, you know what? We're almost coming up on two years since I started on YouTube so that my predictions are actually on video timestamped. But before that, I did comment on other people's channels and I have kept screenshots of that. And I am going to put something together. So um, sometime in September, I've actually had to hire somebody full time now. She starts after Labor Day because I'm just getting so busy. Everything is just, but I mean, I knew this would happen because of all of the great calls that I've had, not just in the cryptocurrencies, but in the worldwide predictions, the things that are happening now. Um, you know, I even predicted the explosion in Lebanon on my February 13th live broadcast with Muant. And it's so weird to watch it happen because we're just talking about cryptocurrencies and then all of a sudden you can tell that I've just seen, and I'm like, I just saw a big, and I described it and I said where it was. And I told him Cyprus was too far away. He was, he got the map up and he goes, does it affect Cyprus? I'm like, no, it's too far away. But you know, it's between Turkey and Syria. I see this great big mushroom cloud, right? And the only country between Turkey and Syria close to Cyprus is Lebanon, right? So, yeah. Um, so I have that, I'll pull that out. Um, and, you know, I'm not a fear-mongering um, psychic medium, but I do see some things that happen. And I wish that I could get more information so that I can have people, you know, to give them a heads up. But this is just one of the sort of residual effects of being a medium is that you will just be walking down the street and then all of a sudden flash, 
you know, you're on the plane while it's crashing. It's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. So don't, so don't wish too hard to be a medium. It's, it's cool and everything, but don't wish too hard. Enjoy your life as it is. There's a reason why there's only a few of us here. Um, if everybody was a medium, the world would be a very different place. That's for sure. <laughs> and do you think, Sanfijin, do you think mediums played a role throughout human history to get us through the tough times? Um, I think Jesus Christ was a very powerful medium. I don't think that he's what they, you know, I tell people, I'm like, yeah, you better not deitize me. I'll start dropping F-bombs if I have to, right? Because that's what typically happens when you have superhuman abilities. I mean, reading minds, telling the future. Um, you know, I do believe that he spoke to the Prince of Darkness directly. I do believe that. Um, I do believe the story about him being tempted like that. I do believe that. I do think that... Um, um, that he escaped, that he was taken off of the cross by Nicodemus, a, a friend of his, a, Jew, a very wealthy Jewish friend. I think that um, they bribed the um, soldiers and had him taken off of the cross and tended to his wounds and he was able to escape. That's how they reported a couple of days later seeing him. Oh, he rose from the dead, right? No, he was making his escape is what he was doing because they wanted him dead. So what better than to make them believe that he is dead. And then he escapes, nobody chases after him. He brings a few people with him. And I think we're gonna find out in a couple of years that there's people who have um, the D his DNA who live in like France. All right, wow, it's fascinating. So well, you might wanna edit that out. <laughs> A lot of people, people will come, but I'm just like, man, I just blab it the way that I, the people on I the mean, other side have showed it to me. I'm like, oh, this is if, what happened. If you're comfortable with it, because I am a free speech absolutionist. So if anyone at this point is still listening to us, it's, those are your words. So I would not, I would not censor you unless you, unless you ask me to, to leave something no, out. No, no, I would never, I, I. I, I let it all hang out. I'm like, well, check my other predictions. And, and then before you know it, um, you know, said person who has an issue with me, I'm just like, no, no, don't get me wrong. I mean, Jesus, yes, pray to him. Go ahead. You know, that's not going to hurt you none. You know, it's not going to hurt you. You know, he's a, you know, he definitely, he's one of the good guys, right? And he came here to help. And um, we all hold him in high regard. So um, I have to say that my beliefs are not that much different. It's just a few different ideas about things, but you know what, that's okay. Cause that's what the world is all about. And I completely, there's people who are on my channel who are, you know, devote Christians and they believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And I'm like, Hey, you know what, rock on. It's not, it doesn't matter. You know, the point is, is that we both agree that he made a huge difference in the world and he had teachings that are worth following. And that's really the important thing about that sort of thing. But to me, religion is just the boat that you take across the river. And then when you get to the other side, you just leave the boat and then you walk on. So you're not going to take your religion with you when you cross over to the other side. I know just some people are interested. Hey, what's really the truth? And I'm like, okay, well, I'll ask, you know, and then I go and ask. And then if I come up with something, you know, I come up with something like about crop circles, you know, people ask me questions. I, I had no idea about any of this stuff, but then I ask the people on the other side and they answer me. And then somebody gives me some background on it to kind of prove that my answer could be the right answer. And then that makes me even more excited because, you know, confirmation is a really big thing for me. And, and some things I'll just have fun with. Um, like we do a lot of that on Rudy Psychic Meetup, which is my podcast that I decided 
to put forth as sort of the guinea pig podcast for the broadcast yourself, where I already had material in the form of over 50 videos of Rudy Psychic Meetup, plus an ongoing bi-weekly Rudy Psychic Meetup. Like we just launched, we just, um, actually, no, I just finished one and we're going to upload that um, this week the uh, most recent Rudy Psychic Meetup. But that stuff is, that's kind of, people ask me questions about stuff like that, and I'm not necessarily going to have proof, unlike Ask a Medium, which is live readings, you know, where you get confirmation right there live so that people know that you're not a fake. Whereas with Rudy Psychic Meetup, we're just having fun. We're having fun with, um, you know, just talking about woo-woo subjects, and it's like to get a medium's take on it. So, um, there's definitely totally different types or subject matters, live streams um, on my Patreon channel, not just the weekly meetup with Muant, which is all about cryptocurrencies. I've got the Ask a Medium, Rudy Psychic Meetup, and then I have like the sort of global political news one where people post questions and links asking me, hey, what's really going on here? And then I have that weekly where I, I do my study, I do my homework ahead of time, I'll watch whatever video they want me to watch, and then I'll tell them what's really going on. And I've actually gotten a lot of uh, prediction material from that show because um, when I go back, like the example I gave you about um, when Iran was bombing the um, American soldiers on their bases in Iraq, you know, that was the ex example um, from Sam Jamnet. So, you know, that I can pull out um, for a prediction video as well. That's fantastic. So is the best way to connect with you is through the Patreon channel? Yeah, that's the way that you would get to me um, in a more active manner. So that's patreon.com slash Sam Jam. Or you could just do the search and go Samantha Jane James. And or you can go on to YouTube and just do Samantha Jane and then I've got a channel with Muant, and that has um, in the description box, it has different ways to get in touch with me if you wanted to have a reading. Um, also, Rudy's Psychic Meetup is under the channel name Sam Jam Productions. But since, since it says Rudy's Psychic Meetup with Samantha Jane, again, if you go on YouTube and you search Samantha Jane, um, once you get past the lady who does the makeup tutorials, you will find me. <laughs> and just, just look, for the, look for the long blonde hair right, or dark brown or whatever color I happen to have it when they have the video thumbnail come up. Yeah, and for, for those listening, you can also just check the show notes and all the, all the links are right there in the description so you can connect with Samantha Jane. So I guess, Samantha Jane, the last question that I have for you is, it might be a little strange to ask a medium, but I, to be honest, I don't know enough, but so I'd like to ask all my guests, who will Samantha Jane be in five years? Oh, on the lamb. <laughs> I'm going to be on the lamb. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be in a yacht in the middle of the ocean so that nobody can find me because, you know, by then my cryptos are going to be like crazy value and, and, and a lot of my stuff that has already been out there circulating in the public, um, you know, people will come and find me. So once I'm found out, that's when I got to go on the lamb. So in five years, that's why I've been putting off this, doing this predictions video because I don't, I don't see other mediums who can do what I can do, like not one. A lot of them can do readings, like personal readings with people, but um, from a scale of one to 10 of difficulty, doing a personal reading with somebody is about a three out of 10 for a, a real medium. It's, no, it's like the easiest thing ever to do.
is to connect somebody with their loved one, their departed loved ones. Um, what's really difficult is the worldwide predictions and geopolitical stuff and the markets and finance because there's so many moving parts with that. And so you have to try to understand the pictures, whereas it's easier to understand pictures about, you know, weddings and birthdays and the way people died and, you know, um, ugly sweaters at Christmas time. You know, like they show me pictures of things, personal things, and that's easy for me. The more difficult stuff, though, I would say the fact that I can do the finance and the global predictions, the difficulty level on that is probably like a nine out of 10. And the only reason I can do it is because I've been trained over the last 30 years working in finance to be able to understand these pictures. Because I, because I would not, I wouldn't have the first clue about a lot of the stuff that I see, um, except that I worked in the area that I worked in. So yeah, that's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Well, that's why I love how you sometimes describe yourself as the, what is it, the, the financial nerd medium. Yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah, a, lot of, a lot of people can relate it because it's also a lot of it is practical. Yes. Yes. And, I, and I, I do believe that, you know, mediums should be providing practical advice for people. That's how you help people make a difference in their, in their life, how they can have like a positive outcome. Well, that's fantastic. Santhijin, do you have any, any final words before we wrap it up? Oh, man, I think I had the blab out of control as it is. So really, you want final words from me? I think we're way over our time. <laughs> You're probably going to have to break it up into two podcasts, part one and two. <laughs> but you know what? The people who hang out with me over on Patreon, they're used to it. I, sometimes I have two-hour blabs. Actually, I wouldn't say sometimes. I would say it's pretty much turn it into that for most of the live streams now are, are pretty much encroaching on two hours, whereas it used to just be the weekly meetup with Muamp was two hours. But um, no, I have, I, have, I have nothing else to add. Yuri, you were very thorough. Thank you so much for the wonderful questions and the opportunity for me to hang out with you for a bit. No, I really appreciate it. And I wish you all the best, let your Patreon channel, you know, continue to grow and attract more people. Because I think what you're doing, even if people are skeptical and they don't fully understand it, just the fact that you're putting positive energy out there and you've created this hive mind essentially of a community that's helping each other grow. That'll, that'll just, that'll be the thing, whether you think it's the great awakening or just the better world on the other side of this challenge. I think it's really important, the work that you do, and it's really fantastic. And I wish you all the best with that. So thank you again for your time today. Well, thanks for hanging out. Yeah. And thank you all for listening. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And to hear more meaningful conversations with real people like Samantha Jane, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you might be listening. Goodbye for now. Mm -hmm.